Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles, and the judgments he uttered. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. You may be seated. This day in the church year, the Feast of the Visitation, is a day of confessing the faith. And really we see in this reading there are three great confessions made. One is by John the Baptist. One is by Elizabeth. And the third is by the Blessed Virgin Mary. Now what's miraculous and wonderful is all three of these confessions is the object of their confession and the substance. It's Jesus. And not Jesus as we normally picture him in the Gospels, but a very young child in the womb of his mother. And that really is quite something, isn't it? So Luke, the physician, was inspired by the Holy Spirit to record this event and reveal it to you. The first confession of the visitation is made by John the Baptist. Listen again to the beginning of the Gospel reading. In those days Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country, to a town in Judah, and she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. Now this is one of my favorite passages of scripture. God gives you a glimpse of, in the life of John in the womb of his mother, and he leaps for joy over the Lord in his mother's womb, coming to visit them. Life in the womb is life. This is the first confession of Jesus made in the reading. An unborn baby confesses Christ. John is a person in the womb. And not only that, but he is also a Christian. In this, along with his confession, we see something important, something that goes along with this reading, that there's no mincing words or trying to put the obvious away when it comes to this. And you see it as well. There is life in the womb. God values life. So do his people. It's good for us to remember this and see this as we are now one year after that Dobbs decision last summer, which overturned Roe versus Wade. God, our Father, has created the universe and all that is in it. He has established and ordered it according to his good and gracious will. And he himself is our loving creator. All that is good, all that is true, all that is beautiful points to and reflects back to the Lord who created the heavens and the earth by the mere speaking of his word. God is the God of life. He is life. He creates life. Not only that, but our Father who created us also sustains and protects life. And he uses us as his instruments to do so, as he has given us parents and others or made us to be in these vocations as well. So each baby in the womb is a testament to this fact that God creates life through a man and a woman and reminds us, and that we see in this reading today as well, that the the womb was once a dwelling place of God himself. God is the God of life. He gives life. He protects life. He's given you your life. That's why something when we talk about issues like abortion, it's so important because it gets to the very nature of God's creation, his care, and his redemption in the world. It gets to the very core of God's person and work. But the devil knows this is absolutely the case. 
He knows this truth about life in the womb, along with other things that we see around us that are being attacked, things like marriage. The devil is no dummy. He knows exactly how God operates in this world. So he attacks, he perverts what God graciously does and what God graciously gives. But the devil lies, and he tries to get us to see through these things. And rather than receive and honor and protect what God gives to us, the devil wants us to be critical. The devil wants to create chaos out of the order God has established. He wants to watch the world burn. So the devil attacks life, just as Herod tried to kill the boys in Bethlehem in order to try and kill the child Jesus. The devil tries to get us to believe that men and women are interchangeable, that there's no difference between them, what one can do another can, or there's no order in our society and in creation. The devil wants us to call evil good and good evil. He wants us to call what God has created by another name. He wants us to be at the point where we start asking questions like, is this thing in the womb really life? Or does this life matter if there's some defect, disability, or terminal illness? But the devil is a liar and always has been. He's the father of lies. But God is the God of life, even as Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So then here is John the Baptist, alive, a person in the womb of his mother Elizabeth, confessing Jesus by his actions. And really, that shouldn't surprise us because his parents were Christians. They were righteous people who heard the word of God. Yes, they were sinners. Zechariah, his father, who was a priest, doubted that word and was struck mute until John was born. Nevertheless, his parents heard the word of God and kept it. They would have been confessing, speaking, seeing, singing, and praying this word in their homes as John continued to grow in his mother's womb, and even after he was born and he was given the name John. They were looking forward to the coming one. They heard that Mary was pregnant by the Holy Spirit. So John learned of Jesus more, and he grew in the faith, and into his purpose he was sent to prepare the way of the Lord. And finally, in the ultimate confession, he confessed Jesus by his actions again, this time not leaping in his mother's womb, but losing his head, being killed for the faith. All throughout his life, John the Baptist confessed the faith. He confessed Christ. Now, the second confession of faith in the gospel reading is made by Elizabeth. Luke goes on to write, And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So Elizabeth and John in her womb were visited by Mary and Jesus. Elizabeth confessed the blessing of being in the presence of her Lord as she was brought to her as he was brought to her by his mother as he himself was in the womb. So Elizabeth saw this as a gift given to her, and she confesses a blessing to those who hear God's word and believe it. She believed what was spoken to her would be fulfilled. Mary believed and said to the angel earlier in Luke chapter 1, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. So we see then Elizabeth is an example of faith for you. She is a saint, just like her son, who shows you what a faithful confession in life looks like. It's a life lived by faith. 
And this faith has its object and fulfillment in Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of your faith, just as he was for them. Now, the third confession is the confession of Mary. And her confession is given at great length here in this reading and throughout Luke's gospel. She is the mother of God. In her womb is God in the flesh, Jesus. And that's nothing insignificant. She was blessed, as Elizabeth said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But her blessing, though, was not found in herself. Rather, it was found in the womb, one in whom she bore. The fruit of her womb was her redeemer. Her son is the only begotten son of God. So it is right to honor her. Our Lutheran confessions rightly confess her as the Blessed Virgin Mary. That's the term they use for her at different points. They rightly confess her as the mother of God, for Elizabeth's Lord and your Lord was in her womb, and it was her Lord as well. And so you learn from Mary and see her a great example of the faith, and unique as only she bore the Son of God. Every Christian is called, and you are called to have that same mind and that same faith when you hear God's word, which follows in the example of Mary, let it be to me according to your word. So Mary is your sister in the faith who has gone before you. Mary is a saint, and you look to her as an example of faith to mimic and follow in that same faith. Yet she is not to be worshipped, not to be prayed to, as she herself testifies and points you to someone outside of herself. Her confession is a confession of her son. Mary's visitation to her relative was all for the sake of the child in her womb. And all three of these confessions, John, Elizabeth, and Mary, were a confession of Christ. Now, dear people of God, there is one more confession in all of this today. It's your confession. So take all of this and what you have heard proclaimed to you by St. Luke and ponder it in your heart. Consider your place in all of this and what this means for you as you live in this world. In the epistle reading, God, through the, through the pen of St. Paul, exhorts you. He said, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. So God's word is for you. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. So what is evil? Well, listen to God's law and see where you have sinned against him. Examine the world and see where it tries to steal you away from Christ, where it tries to persuade you into loving what is evil and abhorring what is good. Fight against the crafts and assaults of the devil, which try to get you to look at this event of the visitation with disdain, rather than rejoicing with John the Baptist, with Elizabeth and Mary, that God is the God of life who has come, who has dwelled with his people, and who for a time had his throne in the womb of the virgin. Do not be haughty. Do not be wise in your own sight. For you see, God chose what is lowly and despised in the world to shame and make foolish the wisdom of the world. See your own sin and confess it. Repent. So the visitation of Mary is what is good. 
Rejoice in it and see your consolation. Find confidence, comfort, and peace. Your Lord, Jesus Christ, was in the womb of Mary. When you think about that, when you think about God who has no beginning, God who has no end, who created everything by the mere speaking of his word, as the same God who came into this world, who is even as you are born of a woman, was born of a woman and shares your flesh and blood even without sin. That's who your God is. And the reason why he was there was to save you. And he's done it. He didn't stay in her womb, but was born and lived his life perfectly in obedience to his father. He fulfilled all that was commanded of him. He is the one promised of old. He's the one promised by the prophet Isaiah who said, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, and his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. That's who your Lord is. Your Lord who has fulfilled all that was spoken of him. This is he who shares your flesh and blood only without sin. The one who went on to suffer in your place and satisfy the wrath of God by his death and pay the price that you owe for your own sin and his own flesh and blood. And by his wounds you are healed. So the fruit of the womb of Mary is the crucified Lord. Christ crucified for you. He is the Lord too who has risen and promises you that you too, just as he rose on his body, On that glorious Easter morning, you too shall rise and live just as he has and just as he has risen in your own flesh and blood. And God used these three people who were lowly, who were nothing, to confess Christ and be revealed to you in his word as examples of faith for you today, pointing you to their Redeemer and your Redeemer. In the collect of the day, we prayed a few minutes ago, grant that we may receive your word in humility and faith. And that's who you are in Christ, as you too are a sinner, have been brought low and raised up in Christ, who forgives your sin and gives you a new life in him. So see this glorious truth on the Feast of the Visitation. Jesus visited those people that day, and Jesus is here now as well. But you see, dear Christians, Jesus is no visitor in your life who is here for a time and a season, then is gone. He's not here like guests, as you'll have on Independence Day, and maybe there for out grilling in your backyard, and then you don't hear from him for three weeks. No, your Lord is here, and he's with you for all eternity. He promised at his ascension that he is with you always, even to the end of the age, and you have been clothed with him in the waters of your baptism. You confess this, as St. Paul does in Galatians 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And as if that wasn't enough, your Lord gives you himself, his own body, his own blood for your forgiveness, life, and salvation. You take into your mouth that same Lord who was in the womb of Mary, who walked on this earth, who hung on the cross, who was crucified for you, and who rose victoriously from the dead. This is the faith that you confess in this life. This is the Lord that you have. This is the faith you confess with all God's people as it has been handed down to you and given to you as a gracious gift by the Holy Spirit. John's confession is your confession. Elizabeth's confession is your confession. Mary's confession is your confession. Join with them and all the saints speaking, living, and singing this confession every day. 
My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Rejoice indeed in God your Savior, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And yes, the day is coming too, and will surely come soon, you pray, when you will rise from your grave, and your Lord will come in all of his glory and take you to be with himself. And you will not visit on that day, but you will dwell with him and all of his saints. What a glorious day that will be indeed. Until that day, cling to your Lord's word and sacraments. Know that you are his, for your sin is forgiven, and you have been called his own. Confess, rejoice, leap for joy. Blessed are you who have believed that word spoken to you. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen.